Hey, listen, how good is it to have the boys back on the box? Hello, Brisbane. for sports as Brisbane crowds are consistently the league's biggest. North Korea launching an intermediate range missile over Brisbane's new bike hire scheme. What am I going to see in Paris that I can't see in Ashburn? Like at what point is a Highgate Hill? At what point is it South Brisbane or South Bank? You will find the location of where the treasure of Brisbane is hidden, mate. When I arrived there, Baez, I needed some 4X. Hello and welcome to Unpacking Brisbane, the show where we take a suburb, we strip it down naked, we spray it with a fire hose and see what's left. Spank its little butthole is yeah. what we do. Yeah, and once we know that about a suburb, we can unpack it. That's right. Unpacking is, well, it's an art form. And anyone, oh, certainly. Who, anyone who says it isn't clearly hasn't been to the Louvre. Yeah. They unpack all of our episodes, <laughs> transcripts have been Absolutely. typed out on a, on a typewriter. Yeah. By Infinite Monkeys. That's it. Uh, mm. Which have produced, they don't know we've done the episodes. It's just that if there's enough of them, they'll eventually type out the transcripts to all our shows. That's the idea. That's how monkeys work. But on today's 71st episode of Unpacking Brisbane, Henry, Jesus, done a few we're finally doing it. No one said we'd get we're to finally 71. Doing Remember when we started and people wrote in and were like, you'll never get to 71. No. They all weirdly chose that number. A lot of people thought 70 was possible. But everyone, they- said, everyone said, looking forward to the season finale. And we all said, what season finale? We're going to keep going. We're going to do this until people are getting restraining orders, until there are cease and desists. Until there's a suppression until, order. Until we're doing the show outside your house because mm. you've stopped listening. That's it. You know, if, if we had, if we looked at our listeners, and fortunately this isn't the trend, but if it was going down over time and eventually you just had two listeners, we'd find out how those two listeners are and just go to their house and do the show. We'd find you. Now, it'd be a problem because the two listeners would probably be us. Yeah. That would be. That and would then be. you wonder whether the show's worth doing. Can you stalk yourself? I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. We'd have to ask Friendly Geordie's producer, the guy that we'd have to ask the fixated persons unit mm. in New South Wales. But enough. I'll tell you what, I'm fixated on. What's that? Cannon Hill. That great suburb. So true, mate. I'm so glad you brought it up, mm. mate. We'll get into Cannon Hill in a second, which, as many people pointed out, no cannons. No. But this episode, Joe, will be cannon. It's going to go off. It's going to be canonized, canonized art by the end of this thing, as we've as we've discussed twice in this intro. Quite right. Now, last week, Henry, there was a there was a big event in the world of podcasting. We made our best pubs episode. Uh, very happy with the reception. By and large, most people were just happy we didn't put the brun at number one. People who know us and know our preference for it, I think we're pretty worried that a regatta or caxton would be gypped. It's like when a high-powered lawyer, like a like a partner at a firm, yep. gives his son a job uh, and everyone goes, oh, geez, you know, son went to grammar, gets a job at the firm and it's like, oh, okay, he he, he wasn't the leader of the team or <laughs> I'm betrayed. How do firms work? Betray- what? I'm like, it's like when there's nepotism, but it's like, oh, they didn't immediately make their son a paralegal. First, they're working in the in the coffee, oh, like like in the, in the mail room. room, yeah, in the mail room, or or but it's like, oh, you know, it's never or he's an assistant for like a different team to the one the dad is a partner in. Trap for young players. If you're trying to make a critique of corporate culture and nepotism <laughs> in, uh, in, in white Australia, probably do your research before yeah. you try to lay a barb. Like you, you I wouldn't just did. See, you wouldn't see me doing an analogy about when I'm on Twitter researching <laughs> radio news stories, <laughs> so I could call. Sportsman, <laughs> whatever it is you do, <laughs> yeah. When when I'm uh, when you're at the law castle, where I believe um, all the all the lawyers were. Well, you're with your ham radio <laughs> and Hamish Blake, hey, friend of the show. Um, but yeah, there's a bit of a wash up. Um, for mine, probably the most interesting thing to come out of this uh, pub episode mm. is a message that a young man named Oliver Allbutt mm. sent in. Yeah, and he said he he. Picked up on a point we made, yeah. as did um friend of mine, Sarah Pullen. So we got Pullen, we got all butt, we got pull butt. We got we the got, whole game. Sounds, sounds like we got know, all when pull. I was single Friday night at the Flying Cock, I'm pulling all butt. <laughs> it was all, <laughs> I was pulling all butt. That was my night. How are you doing? Oh, you know how it goes. Uh, pulling an all butt road in. Um, which also <laughs> You're pulling like an all nighter? No, no, I'm pulling an all butt. Uh, totally different thing. Uh, right into us, get involved in the show, you will be mocked. <laughs> um, but they wrote in and picked up on a point we made about whether a hotel such as the Caxton Hotel or the Regatta Hotel had to offer accommodation. Now, it was my understanding based on guidance from my father, uh, always blame the father, that if you were calling yourself a hotel, despite being a pub and no one really seeing it as a viable option for accommodation, you did have to offer a room. Now, a few people got in touch 
Uh, and and it was always my assertion that that was a completely ridiculous thing and there was no evidence for that anywhere. Turns out there's a little more evidence for it than I thought. Uh, I'll say at the outset, it's completely wrong. It's not true at all. Mm. Um, the vast majority of hotels in Brisbane would not have accommodation. You, you can't book a room at the Caxton. But you can sleep there. Yeah, a lot oh, of, absolutely. Lot of you know, and the gutter is more comfortable than people recognise. But Oliver wrote in and he made the early point that the main thing that separates a bar from a hotel is the number of seating. So it's not total patron numbers, but a pub or a hotel must have seating for over 60 people. So that's why your Black Bears or something is a classical bar because it is sub-60 seating. Now, weird one, warehouse 25. Oh, yeah. I would say has seating for 60 plus. It's it's hard to tie it directly to seating because I absolutely imagine that you could get like Blackbird in the city. Yeah, You could get a lot of people in there, hundreds in fact, and I wouldn't call it a hotel. It's a bar. I think then at that point what I found is you have to obtain a commercial hotel licence, but you can choose to call yourself a bar. So that's where, as Oliver concluded, it's a bit of a gut feeling. It's a bit of a captain's call. But- The most interesting thing I found about this. So here are the eligibility requirements to have a commercial hotel license. So to be a hotel in Queensland, in Australia, you need to be a fit and proper person. You need to have the capacity to seat more than 60 patrons at any one time. Mm -hmm. And you must have toilet facilities for male and female patrons. And at least two of the following three things. A dining facility, be it restaurant or bistro. A function room facility available for hire by members of the public or, thirdly, accommodation. Right. I would say the vast majority of pubs go the easier of those two. Sorry, you've got to have two out of those three. Okay, and most of them are just The easy two is dining and functional. have a bistro and then a small crappy room that a conference centre for... Like a 21st. Oh, we we sell the string that you use to tie together certain parts of a camping van and we're having our convention where we're doing it. Sounds like a fascinating convention. I wonder what team the partner works in. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I think so. Your accommodation point is grounded in some truth. Like okay. that is a way you just to think obtain it's the a one hotel that license. That's in- incredibly interesting. I'm absolutely certain, and it has to be accommodation for at least three rooms. Wow. Okay. So I think you can't just you know chuck a fucking swag upstairs and go. Oh yeah, technically there's accommodation. That's a comp. Yeah. Well, I, when I went to Proserpine on the Pi road trip, I stayed in the Prince of Wales Hotel, which yep. was in Proserpine, and I'm now thinking about it. And yeah, there would have been about six rooms upstairs above the bar. Yeah. So checks out. But Perfect. who knows if they had a place that there was definitely a bistro. So I imagine they the, didn't have a. Room, they didn't need a function room. They didn't yeah. need a function room. And, and back to that earlier example, Warehouse Twenty Five. I now think should be a hotel. Because you can absolutely hire a function room. Yep. Absolutely dying. Oh, but is it a room? The upstairs area. It's pretty open plan. Yeah. I, I, don't, know if, I don't know if you... I think function room... You can room, have I'm a function like there. I'm thinking like a table and a, a projector. Okay. Like, like, like you meetings. need to be able to have an RSL meeting. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. But yeah, that, that's what we found well, out. Well, um, there you go. Great to, great to clear that up. And once again, congratulations to the Caxton Hotel for winning. Yes. It. And we should say they actually got in touch yeah. with the podcast and said... Boys, stoked with this. A lot of fun. Uh, come down anytime you want for a chicken parmy on us. Now, we haven't we haven't claimed that yet, but I, I think at some point, or maybe on um, on Sunday, Origin. for Origin. I mean, I, I would hate imagine for a getting... stressed out pub during Origin <laughs> for two guys to be like, um, can you look at the Instagram message? We were meant to have a free parmy. Just with our phones out being like, with the artwork of Unpacking Brisbane. Like, See, I mean, it's it's Ryan Sims drawing, but, yeah, it's, but it's clearly actually us. I'll um, show you the original photo that it was based on. They're like, yeah, there's about five, a million people wanting a 4X goal. Five minutes before kickoffs. We love our free parmy uh, now, actually. Is there actually. a game of sports ball on or something? I want my free parmy. Very fun. Now, um, just another quick piece of housekeeping before we get into two very exciting parts of housekeeping. Yes. Just wanted to quickly clear up. We did say on the Gap episode, we we meandered and wondered on air whether um, the Maloof family, a, a friend we know called Grace, whether her dad was David Maloof, the author yes, and playwright. Because Grace, Grace herself is a playwright and a director, has another show in Brisbane's Short and Sweet. Yep, yep. So The um, Angels, I believe. Yes, which, um, Jonah, I... I, I, I did tell her I tried to get to. Sadly, this week blew up, but yeah, also tried to get to. Yeah, um, but you know, lost our way. <laughs> as as a fellow person in, um, as a fellow person in uh, amateur theatre, I know exactly what it's like to not have people come, and uh, yep. I'm now on the other side of that <laughs> equation. And um, apologies for it. Oh, we have a geek tomorrow. We do. Yeah, we do. Um, so 
Grace actually reached out and said, thanks for the shout out. Sadly, David is not my father, but the basis of my friendship with Will Holbrook, who's also a friend of ours, um, was lying to him about David being her uncle. So she went a little more realistic. and She didn't lie and say that David, the great playwright from The Gap, was her father. But in fact, her uncle. She said, David is a distant relative we haven't met. But... Apparently, she was at Will Holbrook's house early in their friendship, and his dad, who's a Shakespeare professor at UQ, said to Grace, I'm sitting next to your Uncle David at a literature conference tomorrow. <laughs> and he's gone, can't wait to talk to your Uncle David about, you know, the shared friendship between our family. And then she had to confess. Um, but there you go. So Very good, funny. good to clear that one up. Thank you to the Maloof family for your writing um, across all generations. Now, Joe, we get a lot of correspondence set into Unpacking Brisbane. What you're about to share with the Unpakistanis might be up there as the most committed, yep. the most concerning, and also just absolutely jaw-dropping impressive. Uh, Take it away. Probably the best message we've ever received from mine, um, Sophia Kimmins, yep. uh, who I know from years back, but uh, big Unpakistani, big friend of the show, and an incredible eye for analytics and detail. Because we don't do enough stats on this show. We don't. We get very few stats. We get basically listens, but there's not much investigation into the show itself. So we would have gotten less if we'd hired some consulting firm. Because what Sophia has done for us in a multi-page report is break down, in essence, the region's the number of suburbs in the regions we've unpacked. So, for example, you know, you've done 28 north side suburbs, 14 south side suburbs. She's compared that with the number of suburbs in each region as a proportion of Brisbane. And basically she spat out a statistic that is whether or not we are over or under representing suburbs. So I'll, I'll can step- we Can we point out as well, this is a Facebook message. Yep. This is a PDF. Joe and I being the avid podcasting management team that we are, did not see the message. <laughs> for like two which, weeks. For like two weeks. Uh, to which point she was had to message us personally and say, hey guys, does anyone actually check these messages? And we were like, ah, uh, yeah, totally. Um, but- this is like a PDF document. Yeah. Graphs, tables. Now, Every is, single suburb. Now, in suburb. Sophia's defence, before people start going, what's she, is this stalkery? It was during SWAT vac. Uh, it's so very clear. This is incredible she, procrastination. It's thing you do where you procrastinate by doing something that's still vaguely productive. Like, yeah. it's not Netflix, but you, you, know, yeah. you know how in SWAT vac where you're like, no, I'm going to really get into uh, bikeling, yeah. bike, bike riding. Bikeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, bikeling. Yeah, you know how you, you, when Lance Armstrong's <laughs> like, yeah, it's all about the bikeling. <laughs> Um, I love so, so she's broken down every suburb we've ever unpacked into a region. So, for example, you know, Murray East in a city. We've got Red Red Hills been classified as in a city. Uh, Hurston in a city. That's fair enough. Um, north side, we're talking Tagum, Windsor, Albion, Stafford. South side, Tennyson, Sunnybank, Maroka, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and the western suburbs. Now, my only issue with the classification, Milton has been classified as a western suburb. I'd probably say it's in a city I'd probably myself. say, but, that, but that's fine. Um and then that's been compared with the suburbs distribution. So we'll share this on our socials, by the way. We'll put this on. We'll put these images on Facebook and our Instagram story, yep. so you can have a look at them. What the main statistic I want to talk about is is what percentage of each region we have unpacked. So this is based on our existing episodes yep. to date. So what, I, in what my mind, the maths is number of episodes we've done about a suburb in this region. Yep. Over total number of suburbs in this region. Yeah, great. So we have unpacked 26% of the east side. Okay. And it's about to get more because of Cannon Hill. We've unpacked 29% of the north side. So we've shown a pretty clear north side bias. And we've unpacked 28% of the west side. Now, are you ready to be rocked? Yeah. South side, we've unpacked 7%. Gee. Dismal. We have... By this analysis, done four south side suburbs. So what are they? Are they uh, the four south side suburbs we've done would be are Tennyson, Sunnybank, Maruka, and Greenslopes. Yeah, right. I get, oh, yeah, because I, I, I always associate a lot of east side suburbs as south. Yeah, but I, I but think the east has like, been fairly classified as Morningside, yeah. Carindale, Camp Hill, Bulimba, Murray, Cooper, and Wynnum. So the, so the south side has been dismal. How many? I mean, in a city we've just done, I imagine... Is there, a, is there a percentage of how much of the inner city so we've done? Apparently, there's 18 suburbs in the inner city. I think we've done... Most of them. <laughs> I think there's two or three. Left. I think it's the Valley. Yeah. And like... South Bank, I guess. Uh, South Bank and a Newstead. Which, which, as keen listeners will know, we're 
I, I mean, we haven't forgotten about the valley. Yeah, we're getting to. We're obviously saving we're, it. We're, we're, we're fucking building up <laughs> to it, okay? There's a point at which we will do the valley. But it's particularly interesting, Henry, because the south side has the highest number of suburbs of any region in Brisbane. There are 54 south side so suburbs. So there's no lack of choices out no, in the south no. side. We just haven't done them. So by comparison, there's 49 north side suburbs and we've done uh, a total of 14 of them. There are 54 south side suburbs. We've done four. Jeez, that's pretty pathetic. Okay. We, we should say right now, uh, in a soliloquy to the south, we are so sorry for underrepresenting yeah. you. Um, we, do not want our, we don't want our relationship to go south. No, no. And by way of apology, Henry might share with us, not on this episode, but perhaps in future, a song he's written about his feelings about the south side. That (laughs) I'll write that. That had (laughs) and Oh no, I did. You you, you, forgot you you tried to get it in a in review every single year. Yeah, actually, you know what? (laughs) Henry has a song. That's great. We will not reveal the name of yet, but maybe on the next episode. Maybe on the next South Side episode we do. As a celebration of finally getting into the the suburbs on yeah, the south maybe side, maybe cracking ten percent yeah, of we'll, suburbs. We'll analyzed. sing that song. Fuck, I forgot about that. It's pretty good. All right. Yeah, you think um, I was just asking you to write a song? Yeah, I thought like, you were just being. <laughs> I thought you were giving me like an, a layup to just like break. improv a song. <laughs> oh, like, no, yeah, no, no, no. I guess I could just try like South, South. I love my mouth. But the last <laughs> the last thing I want to say about these Sphere Kimmins analytics, you know, it's well above Cambridge Analytica in terms of uh, <laughs> again, Sophia. Fucking legend. Thank you. You know, this what is what, this a, is what, what a real star. fandom looks like uh, for the other I think, and, and that has been part of the reason why we've done Cannon Hill. Mm. We we want to reflect that we are trying to change. Now, she could jip us here by going, no, that's an eastern suburb, well, boys. Well, yeah, now I'm concerned. Now I'm... Now because I'm, I would always say I work on the south side of town, but now I don't know if what what the what's yeah. Sophia's law, what's so, Sophia's choice, you could say, <laughs> very true. is going to be about whether the suburb is east or south. So, very interesting. Now... Mate, um, we've spoken about this a few times. We will get into Cannon Hill very soon. Quickly wanted to give an update on this. Uh-oh, Oh, man, Scoop, we're in trouble. We need to split up and look for clues. Zoinks! Jinkies! Scooby-Doo 20-year reunion at Tangalooma update. Yes, as you heard, I, on work time, made a Scooby-Doo scene. Yeah, that got emailed to me at about 3pm <laughs> when I think your show airs. But uh, Hey, you got you to take su- a break at some point yeah. of the day. Um, you <laughs> used That's the- why they pay you the medium bucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, guys, this is, realising as I said it, we want to have a 20-year anniversary of the Scooby-Doo film that was released in 2002 at Tangaluma. Now, what could I call this segment? Tangaduma, I could have also done, I thought of, after oh, making this thing. Right. Or Scooby-Luma. Um, yeah. I almost like Scooby-Luma. Scooby-Luma is more Scooby confusing. Scooby-Luma. Scooby did Tangled Duma. Tangled Duna. Tangled Duma. Yeah, Baluma. we're supporting Tangled Duna tonight <laughs> at the Bright Side. It's going to be a pretty good show. Yeah, they're a little three piece. <laughs> um, we, yeah, we, we are very excited to say that Mike Gambaro actually gave us the idea. Now, it is over a year away, so there's, there's a bit of time to organise whatever this ends up being, whether it's a live show at Tangaluma. Would we like to get the cast and crew of Scooby-Doo to fly over? And yes, yes I do agree. They would have to do two weeks quarantine um, in order to come to this. I mean, maybe it's cleared up by then. Many, many of that cast are not up to much. Oh, Sarah I, Michelle yeah. Gell is quite busy. Yeah. Oh, who played Velma? Why am I dropping on the name? Linda Cart, Tortellini or something? Freddie Prince Jr. We could He's get. doing nothing. He, I think we could get the June. Um, I think we could get Princey. Who's uh, uh, who plays the um, Matthew Lillard is Shaggy? Yeah, Lillard. Lillard. I um, oh, I think we could get the male leads pretty comfortably. They're not doing much. <laughs> yeah. I, regardless, I mean, I think we can get Rowan Atkinson, <laughs> <laughs> who famously played Scrappy. Um, but yeah, we are we are uh, pursuing this, and just to get the ball rolling. And I, I have to say, I put a few lines in the water. Things are happening quicker than you would actually expect. I don't want to reveal too much more about secret Scooby-Doo project, but people know it means a lot to me in my life. I spoke like him for a year, the dog detective. So what I did was I gave Mike Gambaro, who made a Facebook status about doing a Scooby-Doo event at Tangaluma. I, uh, he, he gave us the idea. I gave him a call and we just had an initial briefing to get the pieces on the board here. And uh, this was my chat with Mike earlier in the week. 
Mike, how are you? Thanks for joining Unpacking Brisbane, my friend. Thank you for having me. So, Mike Gambara, you so mate, you caught my attention. I've obviously like been following you for ages because you know we've known each other for years, and you've um you've been doing you did movie reviews for a long time there. And, um, yeah, you know, it's sometimes apparently our paths just keep into um inter- uh, intertwining. Almost like some sort of mystery, you could argue. Yeah. Which will, yeah. oh, jinkies become, <laughs> become very relevant. Yeah, so bro, I was, and as you might know if you've listened to the show, I have a a past connection in my life with Scooby Doo, where I don't know if you know this, I, I spoke like Scooby Doo for an entire year of my life. Um. It was the year of 2003, and I basically did a Scooby-Doo impression for that entire year. And uh, listeners of the show will know this because it's been uh, it's been unpacked before. But so I went and I saw your status on Facebook earlier this year. What what exactly did you call for in that status again? Look, I'm going to be honest. It was late at night. I had a big night, and I kind of went home thinking to myself, Tangalooma should have a big fuck off island party. Yeah, themed to Scooby-Doo for the uh, 20th anniversary. As most people do when they've had a big night out in the town, they go home and start uh, thinking about mystery. Yeah, you know, hundred like, percent. Like, yeah. So, like, basically, bro, like Joe and I have been talking, I, and I've been mulling it over a lot over the last few weeks when we and I reached out here when you, we saw your status, and like, it's one of the main achievements of Tangaluma. I, I do think, like, it's something, and, and as you pointed out. I haven't been back to Tangalooma in a long time. Like, have you been back and seen if they have, like, a plaque or is there any sort of, like, do we know if there's any sort of existing celebration of the fact that they had Scooby-Doo filmed there? I went three years ago and there was this this half-ass tour and it was only mentioned once. Oh, so this this isn't a Scooby-Doo tour. This is like a tour of Tangalooma. No, no, no. It was like a tour of Tangalooma where they're like, oh, you can do this, this and this. The only thing, we get on the island and they go, oh, yeah, we filmed Scooby Doo here. That was it. It was like a one one line thing. That is absolute horseshit. That's like 100%. it's like that's like the like oh sand dunes, mate. You had friggin' Rowan Atkinson on the island, and it turned out he was a mini dog at the end. Like it's basically free advertising for them, and they yeah. got paid for it too. It's- yeah, mate, I reckon, and, like, we're, we're talking so much in the wake of the pandemic about, like, how ways to, oh, holiday vouchers is the way to reinvigorate Queensland tourism and, oh, we need to get Hamish Blake travelling around making an ad. Fuck that. Like, they need to, oh, I think this could be pitched as a recovery. Like, this is the recovery we need is to stop looking to the future, look to the past. The best tourism ad that could be made for Queensland and Tangalooma is the 2002 Scooby-Doo film. What else are they going to do? Exactly. <laughs> That's it. So, like, I can... All right, here's my thing. We're, we're, we want to partner up, and I think if we build the team, we can actually start to to get onto this. Now, I, here's something that happened to me. My dad delivered... He's an obstetrician, and he delivered the baby of someone way back when the film was being made, of someone who worked on the film as an art director. <laughs> so, yeah. I, so I actually had in my room growing up a signed like piece of artwork that was sort of part of the like the concept pitch for how they were going to do Spooky Island in those in the initial plannings. So I have a connection there. Also, one of my best mates, Chris. Yeah, you you know Chris Kadaro, wouldn't you? Oh, um, no, no, honestly not. Okay. We, you probably weren't at the Scooby-Doo uh, fan AGM when he was there. I understand. But, bro, like, hang on. I'm trying to find this text. He sent me a text being like, uh, I'm just scrolling through. Hang on. What did he say? He was like, he gave me some intel. And it was some, some good intel on Scooby-Doo that he had another connection. But, like, what did, what did you see as, like, how this would work because I'm imagining if we think big picture, we've got to like try and get James Gunn to be there. And oh, 100%. I mean, the like cast. the other day, the other day was literally the the 19th birthday of Scooby Doo. So we've got and a year. Like, you yeah. So next next year is the 20th anniversary. Okay, that's and it. It's, it will be this time next year where it is the proper anniversary. And James Gunn, to this day, talks about how it's his passion project. It's his, it's his baby. Mm. It's, you know, it's not what it could have been. Well, it was I mean, taken it was, away uh, from him. Like, it was meant to be a raunchy teen comedy. Yeah, and like, then Warner Brothers pussied out. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think I think we could, even and even if we got, like, even even if we can't get the celebs there, 
whether it's yourself I mean, my, and Joe and I, we could do readings of like if he could send us a little bit of the original dialogue or something. Like, there's oh, so exactly. many oh. ways that you could celebrate the Scooby Doo film at Tangaluma. Hundred percent. So we got it. Yeah, that's sick. We got a year. We can basically. I, I reckon. I'm gonna. Here it is. Here's the thing from Chris. He says, "Mum knows one of the ladies that used to part own the gutter bar at Tangaluma, and apparently I've I've met her before. He reckons, and he." Think she still owns the bar, so I might have a connection to someone who owns a bar at Tangaluma. So that could be a first step in terms of starting to plan a location or somewhere to run this event, whatever, however it turns out being. And then I reckon we just got to find someone at Warner Brothers, like a media person, and start just getting this idea in their inbox, like Shawshank with the letters. We just got to start sending emails and getting the word out to people. And even if we get the like a Facebook group getting some of the locals on board to start planning yeah. this celebration. Well, lucky for me with my movie reviews, I think um, now that you've just mentioned it, I think I know a few Warner Brothers people. Okay, let's make, let's make the action items. You, you, you target Warner Brothers, yeah. the Brothers Warner. I'll yeah. dig into this gutter bar connection about whether they would be willing to host some sort of thing. And then we'll both come back and see, we'll report on how we're going and start like seeing how this event could play out. Done. Yeah. All right. Thanks for your time, Mike. We'll we'll, we'll chat oh. soon. End of end of me- meeting. These are the minutes. Tight. <laughs> end of meeting. Thanks, Henry. All right. Good on you, Brad. Wikipedia. We we It's a remarkably sparse Wikipedia page, Henry. But first, we will get you to guess the population of Cannon Hill. You do work there, so you should have a pretty good grip on how many people live there. Six thousand one hundred. It's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Give you that. It's five and a half thousand. Yeah. Abs- absolutely operating in the right area. Closer than, than I've been in a long time. I think, yeah, I think, absolutely. I think in you, recent, you've, I've you've, been laughably You've correctly off. guessed the gist that it's quite a small suburb. There really are not very many people who live in Cannon Hill. Now, they do declare in the Wikipedia page under geography that it is located 10 kilometres east of the CBD. Okay, so we're probably that's, not going to get a south side point from Sophia. That's, that's, that, that's tough. Also raises the interesting thing, the gap... And Cannon Hill are the same distance from the city. They don't fucking feel like it. No. Cannon Hill is, is a Cannon Hill. far out, a true eastern suburb. You know, you've got to go down Wynnum Road, maybe. Yeah, I would say that it's an, it's an encapsulation of the east, I think. It's when you... Because yeah. people... Don't think of the east as Belimba. Don't think of it as Oxford Street. No, fuck no. As, and I mean, as I realise whenever I drive down Lytton Road on the way to Cannon Hill, it, like, it is remarkable how quickly Belimba itself goes from, like... Sushi, like, Mura, Sushi Mura and Riverbend Books into literal fucking horses and farm. Yeah. And now, a petrol se- station that sells pie face pies. Which is unreal. Now, that, and I think that's where you start getting into real east side, and Cannon Hill is on the brink of that. Um, yeah, okay. That's pretty, that's pretty good. I, I'm, I'm happy with that population. Now, looks nothing like a cannon, this suburb. No. Um, but the suburb is most likely named after Cannon Hill House, which a man named Thornhill Whedon. <laughs> Named after two fallen trees, which were said to have resembled a cannon. Sounds like a QAnon supporter's <laughs> alias on Twitter. They're like, yeah, um, I fo- follow Thornhill Whedon if you want to hear the real truth about Jeffrey Epstein. Or like, or like a frat boy scandal type thing. It's a very like American faux aristocracy. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm from Alabama, Thornhill Whedon. Defensive what, back. What do you reckon his name, like his nickname with his mates were? Horny. Thor- oh, Horny. I was going to say Thorny. Thorny! Thorny, I mean, bro. But then Whedon, like, hey, Weedy. Well, we- uh, like, who would you wee on? That's funny. Uh, Thornhill Weed on. Don is like me. The Don. We, we, we Don. <laughs> um, but or, the other- was, or like a little guy named Don. Who's like, Let me at him. It's like, oh, it's Weed on. <laughs> little Weed Don there. Oh, Weed Don. Um, but it's interesting because, I mean, A, he looks at two trees and goes, oh, that's like a cannon. Yeah. These trees I mean, must have fallen when- in such a way. Yeah. But also, if all. A cannon is is like a trunk looking thing. Then most trees well, look like a cannon. Yeah, that was my next point, I guess. And especially if two trees fall over at the same, same time, if one of them is even slightly on top of the other, that, you can see, squint a little and it resembles a cannon. Like I'm looking around this room. Hot plant. Like like that, it's like a cannon with a plant coming out of it. Cricket bat. Literally. Sort of like a cannon. Sort of like in a, a way. Like uh, a guitar case. Feasibly like a cannon. Your dick. 
like not a, at all like, like a, a little hand, hand that's yeah that's a little a little baby hand that's a, like a bow and arrow two <laughs> somehow your dick like a crossbow oh come more on. mechanical than mine mine is a performance long performance and supplements like, mine is Ned Stark's long sword mine's ice. mine's ice <laughs> what's your dick's name man? ice because it's cold and never gets used that's very cool um, but also because his name is Thornhill I think that's why he might have said Cannon Hill ah because okay. he's inserted it's a bit of really on no it's not a hilly suburb and I guess I'm trying to think you go up a slight rise to get onto it but no more than like no any, any other suburb other that has place. resisted having Hill in the name yeah that's true but yeah so he's it's as if I took the second half of my first name like Seth yeah and was like oh Cannon Cannon Seth House yeah it just happens that Hill is a real word. Re, like, gun re, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you pointed out here, naming a suburb after a house would be very dangerous if uh, if some of the shittier share houses, yeah. you know, were around. Because yeah. I guess we our share houses have just been, we've just called it like 101 CACs. Yeah, which, sh- we can, which we can now reveal. Oh, we can now address. reveal without doxing ourselves. <laughs> we'll dox whoever lives there Yeah, the Caxton Street Studios were at 101 Caxton Street. <laughs> yeah, oh, that one. feels great. God, actually, oh, I feel I a weight feel, off the shoulders. Oh my God, I feel 10 kilos. <laughs> the number, because we would always say it was 101 CACs, which Unpakistanis, in its own right, is How insane hilarious as an album. We lived in 101. Having to tell people, I live at 101 Caxton Street, they'd be like, oh yeah, like 101 Caxton Street, what's the lesson? How to drink beer? It's like, no, that is our, it sounds like a joke address. It's actually where we live. Most of the reason we live there, despite the fact that the bathroom was had a yeah, toilet and a shower, and the, the shower kitchen was falling apart. N- number of problems with the place, possum kept stealing my bananas. But um, yeah, so we've always just had really boring share house group chat names, but there are some really dreadful ones bouncing around. Yeah. I knew some dudes who literally, the, it was called the fuck house. Yeah. And I don't even think they were particularly like, you know, sexually active <laughs> young men. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, if you call your house, you call your house the fuck house. You can live it. up to it, right? Even like the brat house. Yeah. Something like, it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who I think have this latent desire to be in a frat mm. and are like, oh, my share house in Kelvin Grove will meet that desire. I'm just glad that suburbs aren't named after that. Yeah, I agree. Toby, Chris, and I used like in year eight and stuff would say we were all going to move in together. And admittedly, I did end up living with Chris, and and I took Toby's room in that house. So we were we were one. He got close. We were very close, but that was going to be the pad. That was always um, our and which is like the name is always yeah. like oh we're gonna live in a place called the pad and it was very cool and it's lasted like it still has a perfectly normal sentimental name, meaning perfectly normal me. name for a house I hate it if a suburb was named afterwards yeah see if, I, if guess I, I had to go to, to your pad, point if I was living in pad house yeah that'd suck unless I get a pad tight yeah exactly uh, all right so in 1931 Brisbane sale yards for livestock were relocated from Newmarket to Cannon Hill, adjacent to the abattoir. Makes sense. The sale yards at Cannon Hill were described as a paradise compared to the old <laughs> yards at Newmarket and quite possibly the best in the Southern Hemisphere. Now, they're a paradise for who? Probably not the cows. Because if I'm a cow that's <laughs> going to be slaughtered, I'd, I'd probably rather be further away from the abattoir than closer. Yeah, at least I'll get that... that trip in the truck like there's a reason you oh, don't I guess even back then like 1931 were they they'd walk you they'd walk, they'd walk. you that's yeah. what you get a, it's, a, it's a so at least then you're you like live, I get, you live like I say a couple of weeks longer because you're not right next to the abattoir yeah and I think like the journey to your death you want to elongate that to reflect yeah you that. could like, turn it into Jesus, quite a, like Jesus didn't have the last supper next to the cross yeah you don't sentence someone to die next to the guillotine like you give them no Sort of, you know, I'm sure if I was a cow doing a two-week journey to my own death, I could mm. make a very compelling indie film about it, maybe I'm, win some awards at Sundance. Well, mate, let me tell you this. In terms of distance to the death, they don't call it the green centimetre. <laughs> it's the green mile, mate. It's the green mile. They give so you a true. mile to think about it as yeah. you go to To die. think about what you've done. Mm. That's the final punishment. Is, is that my Cannon Hill? Is that the abattoir? It's sort of also like the shame thing from Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's true. Long ball. Well, I feel sorry for those cows. And yeah. and I, I would like the cows. And how's that for you? Like, they're like, oh, well, at least we know we're going to die, but we get to hang out in Newmarket. And it's like, it's <laughs> pretty fun. <laughs> sorry, cow. You're going to Cannon Hill. No, no, no. Hope you like Red Rooster. They're like, not really. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Do cows eat chicken? No. Okay. Because we eat Do chicken they? and we're just a different animal. In my mind, they're all friends. Like the chickens, like they the wouldn't eat each other. Like there's a bit of a sol- well, Do you actually, solidarity oh, no, between animals. Do. Being like, try not to eat each other. No, that's absolutely not true. All, no, they like, eat gazelles. grass. Yeah, they eat grass. That's uh, why they have like all nine cows stomachs. are vegos. I, th- I think cows. Surely, cows. if you gave him a bit of gave him a bit of steak. Well, that that was <laughs> that how mad cow disease started. Oh, people were 
feeding bits of cow to cows oh. and diseases grow pretty much instantly. And the cows were so mad about it because they were like, that's like, my brother! Yeah. And mad ca- they started the disease. I was like, well, it's funny. Oh, these cows are mad. It's funny we should talk about animal diseases, Henry, because the oh. next thing here, in 1994, a Cannon Hill paddock became one of the first places where Hendra virus was transmitted between bats and horses. Fuck yeah. It's a virus that makes you buy uh, organically squeezed orange juice yeah. and go to Clayfield College. I just thought Hen like my name. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, Hendra. you just called the Hendra virus. So the Hendra virus is, a, I think, a very serious uh, animal virus. Um, between and bats and in horses. Cannon Hill, yeah, it was transmitted between bats to horses. Now, this infected horse was taken to a training complex, which started an outbreak before it eventually killed a horse trainer called Vic Rail. Oh, yeah, Vic Rail. Yeah, New South Wales Rail wasn't a. Yeah, <laughs> no, he died. Did Daniel Andrews? Yeah. He, he, no, he, 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 he is dead. dead. He did die. So there's a horse trainer named Vic. I've got to get my head around this. He's a horse trainer named Vic Rail who was killed because a disease was transmitted by horses and bats. Hmm. Now, so so yeah, to draw to draw modern comparisons, it's it's, it's it, was a, it was a bat. Little was a little bit of COVID. That sounds a, a bit little, of pangolin. A little. Sorry, I have jotted down Wuhan before it was cool. Question mark. Now, nineteen ninety four. I'll say this: we're learning this week that the virus is way more resilient than we were initially led to believe. It can survive on objects. It can survive on yep. surfaces. Is there, and I ask you this in your capacity as a scientist and immunologist, immunologist, mate. So, nineteen ninety four is not that long ago, and that's and that's science. Can't argue. Yeah, no, that, like, that's, this that's isn't this isn't conspiracy. That's true. Yeah, like possible that COVID nineteen, COVID nineteen, the novel, the, the cove, the novel SARS two coronavirus nineteen. Yeah. Um, that it started in 1994. Dare I say, COVID 1994. See where I'm getting yeah, at? Yeah. Oh, that's why. C, why is it? Where the C 19 come Cannon from? Hill. Cannon Co- Maybe the disease bat horse yeah. Vic Rail horse trainer. Ooh, Vic Rail. Hello. What, what was his favorite oh, cuisine? Chinese. Loved <laughs> eating it. Hello. 194. <laughs> Move the four over. Add it. To George Orwell, nineteen eighty-four, Big Brother, two thousand and twenty. All the number two plus zero plus yeah. two plus zero four. Night COVID nineteen ninety-four. Cannon Hills, the epicenter of the coronavirus. I think it could be. The only thing that might disagree with that is apparently since nineteen ninety-four, there have only been seven cases of human infection of virus. <laughs> so we know seven people. How many people have died in Queensland from COVID? I'm pretty sure. I think, that's the, I think that's the exact number. That's like nothing. I don't, oh my God. I'm sorry. I mean, death is tragic. Governor, but, oh, I mean, but Governor Young's done all right. She's done. She's Governor, done brilliantly. Governor, Live while we're young. Governor hey, designate. Um, another thing. But that, that, is, that is incredibly interesting that there was a kind of a mini outbreak there. And also, if you're a horse yep. and you start a disease that kills your horse trainer, probably I mean, a win. Poetic justice? Yeah. It's like mad cow disease. I can't imagine that, well, that in the 90s sh- horse trainers were that uh, conscious of the well-being of the horses. No, no, no. They you want to whip ins- me? I'll whip you with this. <laughs> they didn't have Instagram Sick. yet, Henry. They they would never know what they were doing is wrong. True, yeah. Because unless you see a six-slide Instagram infographic about it, <sighs> how can you know what you're doing is problematic? It's so annoying that morality started in 2013. Yeah. I really just, just got us. Everyone went, hang on, what? I'm we, not we had meant gr- to be using slurs. We had a great run, we won't. Oh, we had a go. With it. <laughs> hey, um, Cannon Hill is well serviced by public transport and is located in zones two and three of the TransLink integrated public transport system. I want to get your opinion on zones because I think zone two is fine. Yeah. Play on. Yeah. You know, reasonably close to the city, but suburbs. Yep. The fact that a bit of Cannon Hill's in zone three is a bit embarrassing for mine. In terms of it's a bit far. It's a bit far. Zone three, yeah. And if you're in zone three, like to me, zone three, I'm pretty sure that's where like, Brookfield and shit is like you. You want to get some payoff for being in Zone Three. Does it start? Does it start costing more? Like yeah. it, it, that's right. Yeah. yeah so if you're traveling, so I just tap the go card and I forget. Yeah, but I remember you had to be like, "Oh, can I please get a two zone ticket?" Exactly. And like, can I please get a three zone ticket? Yeah, quietly, or you get like the nine zone ticket and try to get to Nosa. Yeah, the golden ticket. <laughs> getting a nine. How much would a nine zone bus ticket? Uh get? it's eighteen dollars. Yeah, right. The most Pretty expensive good. bus ticket you can get, I think, is eighteen dollars. Yeah, in the, anywhere in the world. What's the most you ever spend on a bus ticket? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, 
the funny thing about the zone system, it's not even that funny, but because I catch the bus to work pretty much every day now and I'm often standing near the zone poster, mm. it's how I think of suburbs we should do for the show. Oh. So I'm getting a very keen sense of where the different zones are because it's a map that isn't drawn to scale at all. Mm. So on the map... No, like most maps. Yeah. <laughs> like the vast majority of maps. That's uh, true. It has no... It has no scale. Yeah, I, I, at all. Like, oh, gotcha. so for example, oh, on this sorry, map, red, I thought you were being like, you never believe it. They, it's not the they, size. They, of, they yeah. shrunk the real life size. What is this map. a map for ants? Um, no. So Red Hill on the map is further away from the CBD than like Cooper Root. Oh, right. It's very poorly drawn map. Yeah, yeah gotcha. Um, but yeah, it is interesting. It, Cannon Hill is further away than I thought it was. Yeah. It's it's judging well, by I, my I, hand. It's like a palm away. Yeah, we'll we'll mention this in housekeeping, but in um contemporary. But I, yeah, I drive about half an hour from Paddington to wow. Hill. So it's a, it's a it's not short, but and it's not a bad drive. Like you just jump on the M1 and then wiggle your way through. Into but this, it's some yeah, serious case. But yeah, it, it, when I, when 14. I say I spend an hour, I have an hour commute. Which is that fair to say? Like, can you combine? Yeah, yeah, that's, total, what, that's what you do. Total, I have a one-hour commute. Yeah, it's, it's how much time you're sitting in your car. Yeah, then it's, yeah, then it's that, that sucks, actually. Yeah, that is uh, Final thing about Cannon Hill, um, not specifically Wikipedia, but uh, Ken and Pakistani, friend of the show, Mark Darwin, pointed out to us that there's a big Wally Lewis connection. Mm. And there's, there's a vague mention of the club, I think, on the Wikipedia page or, or maybe just on Wally's. But Wally Lewis, when he was six years old was playing rugby league for the Cannon Hill Stars, which was his very, very first rugby league time. So when the king wow. of Queensland strapped on the boots, it was for the Cannon Hill Stars. Are they still a club? Uh, I think so. I, I think they've been threatened with being shut down oh. countless times and because, there were stories about Wally and stuff. Because um, I mean, Oh, and then Wally would intervene. Yeah. That, I mean, just for pure... Yeah, okay. Well, there's For def- historical reasons, you sort of need to keep the club going. Well, I've Googled it, and there's definitely a Cannon Hill Stars netball club. Now, isn't that an expose from Unpacking Brisbane that Wally Lewis, the <laughs> king, he actually wanted to do netball. He was, he like, was the first netballer yeah, to my, pick uh, up the ball and pass it. Yeah, league was my fallback. Yeah, he's still just doing... Like, <laughs> yeah. like just tackling people. Yeah, he was the only ball on the, the side, court. and he was, he was pretty aggressive about it. Uh, but when Wally Lewis is chatting about growing up in Cannon Hill, he gave this great quote to a journalist. Um, Because they asked, you know, oh, from the days when you were playing rugby league back in Cannon Hill, has anything changed? And he said this, Henry. He said, when the drive-in theatre and Kmart precinct were constructed on Creek Road, the suburb grew up quickly. From there, the Gateway Bridge was a major progression and a big sign of growth for Cannon Hill. These days, it's a new age area with many modern developments, but it's still a great family suburb. I drive through the suburb every day on my way to Channel 9. The area is constantly changing and developing. It's fascinating. Yeah, wow. Thanks, Wally. And that also, as you pointed out off mic, mate, Indicates that he's still living deep east side. If yeah, I, I, nowhere near his work. Well, I know he didn't. He played for Wynnum Manly. Yeah, he, so I think after he's the Broncos. So I think he's actually still out of Wynnum Manly. So true. That is the, that is his. He's, went, he's been from the Stars to the Seagulls. Tough, um, tough year for Wally. He's. It's funny. He's bounced back a bit. I remember there was all the stuff about he's. Oh yeah, he had, a, had an affair. But I mean, just keep your head down. Yeah, I mean, just, probably be fine. I yeah, I mean, sometimes. Treating rugby players like a, like royalty maybe leads them to think they can do whatever they want. Mm. Flip side, um, if if you're the kind of person who's going to take issue with the behaviour of a rugby league player, okay. it's probably about very 700 careful. you could do before Wally Lewis having oh, okay. a grand scheme of the NRL. Yeah, Gun variety affair. Yeah, I mean... That's fine, yeah, whatever. I mean, accountants do that, don't they? Yeah. I mean, hey, still the king. Yeah, charity, charity workers probably do. You reckon charity, you reckon like... Someone who works for like World Vision has ever had an affair? Oh yeah, I can almost you see the so. kids on those. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, they would have absolutely. Yeah. That's um, <laughs> uh, we'll stay away from that. <laughs> um, uh, now, folks, in a very interesting unpacking Brisbane uh, first. Yeah, Joe and I, and we usually sit down and do this in one sitting. We've actually got to run. Um, to a rehearsal for the Mangroves, yep. which is a great time to say, listen to songs to make your dad proud. Oh, yeah, for a couple of weeks. Oh, huge Keep listening. Um, we didn't mention it up top, but we our tickets to Felons, we mentioned it in last week's episode, but the tickets to Felons are on sale now. Yep. Uh, we're doing the Felons Barrel Hall on the 29th of July. It's a massive venue. It's where Henry and I had the law ball. It's huge. It's kind of ridiculous they've given it to us, so we need your help. Yeah. Pack it out. We actually, it's- like, it's our second album launch, and we fucking need people to come, because if not, they're going to be like, why did we give these... 
goons. Like the f- literally felons. Yeah. One of the biggest venues in Brisbane going around at the moment. Yeah, so get tickets for that. And also, um, tonight, when yes. you're hearing this, we are playing at the Bright Side. We are supporting a fantastic group called Bad Sext. And there will also be support by Whale House and Go-Go Bumhole, which yeah. is my favourite name for a musical <laughs> artist I've ever heard. I cannot wait to see Go-Go Bumhole. But yeah, we're at the Bright Side tonight. There should be tickets still available. Uh, it's called the Bad Sext Stravaganza. Yep. It's tickets like, on the door, I think. Yeah, yeah, tickets on the door as well. So come along to the Bright Side. It's Friday night. Have a few drinks. We'll be on around 8.45 and then stay for bad sex. It's going to be a ripper night. But we, because we have that on and we've all had busy weeks, need to go and do a Mangroves rehearsal now. We'll pause the album, uh, the podcast rather, and we'll be back in about two hours. So... If you try and listen to yeah, if, see if the tone changes yeah, yeah. rapidly. Great experiment for the Pakistanis. So we will be doing contemporary in Cannon Hill right now. Well, it's a city on a river and don't you ever forget it, kid. I can't believe Henry dropped the bass on himself and passed away. We actually need to go. We haven't done it. Yeah, yet. we need to go to the rehearsal. <laughs> Well, it's a city on a river and don't you ever forget it, kid. Contemporary Cannon Hill, Henry, and there is... Blessedly, very little to say about this suburb. Unpakistanis tell us if do we do we do we sound, do we sound exhausted? Different. Not a joke. We honestly have just. Run Henry up. was trying some accents in the car. I think he's slipping a bit. I think I was ready to whip th- out some Hungarian. Yeah. Let me tell you that much. Let me, that. I'm a hungry. I'm a hungry man, and I'm in Budapest. Have you been to a ruined bar? It's late. Let's just pump through this Cannon Hill thing. We've, we've resumed the episode now. Yep. Host uh, a great Mangroves rehearsal. Come see that show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, uh, Rory's- some of the songs were a bit off. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought the rehearsal sounded not great for the most part. So do come along anyway and no, see I, if we fix it. I think I think it's because Hamish didn't have his amp and was playing it through the oh, that speakers. Fun. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, Henry Nelson did lose his arm in a workplace incident <laughs> during the week. So the the one we will be drama. sued for that. Um, Henry had some strange arthritis in yeah, his my fingers. Hand, my hand earnestly started seizing up. It was very weird. When you say seize up, do you mean like it was cramping? Cramping's probably the best. yeah. Because seizing, my pinky got deathly cold. Okay. I tried to describe so it. Sounds like you're cramping. I, well, I think the blood was just in weird places because of how I was holding, like trying to strum the bass, and um, my. I mean, I don't know. I could lose the pinky, and if I, I do, I I'm going to. Can't imagine you will. If I lose it, I'm going to keep it in a little, a little furfy keep it, bottle. Keep it in. I'm no. going to get an empty furfy bottle. Keep my pinky no, in keep it. Keep it like. And then be like, you want to hear a furfy? My pinky's in that bottle. Keep it around. That's a furfy. Around my neck. You're a lucky rabbit's foot. That is cool, actually. Uh, Rory Scott, great friend of the show, uh, sent in two first names. We'll forgive. Uh, me. What a what a champion. Um, he goes for your consideration for Cannon Hill. He works in Cannon Hill. And he wants to raise the Cannon Hill Plaza with us. Now, this is probably my only real involvement with Cannon Hill is my awareness that there is both a plaza and a Kmart there. And apparently, it's strictly called the Cannon Hill Kmart Plaza. And Rory has raised that he's not sure if any other shopping centre in Brisbane is branded after a Kmart, which is true. They're all like Westfields and whatever the hell Brookside is. Mm. But very specifically, oh, it's the Cannon Hill Kmart Plaza. Uh, apparently, it has a very weird collection of shops that have very strange names like Go Cut for a barber, Professional for a nail salon. Professional nail. Professional nail. Huge difference. It's pretty fun. Lunch time. I think time spelt like time the herb. Asian takeaway. That's pretty good. Nonny B. Women's clothes. And, and Cardi B's cousin, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and at Beans Coffee. Quite like the last one. Like you just at an ingredient you have like in Italian places. It's like the at, at symbol. Yeah. At yeah. It's like, you know how in emails you say Henry Brett's 96 at yeah. gmail.com. It's the at Beans. My actual email if anyone wants to get on top of that. Um, yeah, I mean, given the responses we've gotten to this episode, I don't think you'll be bombarded with emails all of a sudden. You never know. Manscaped might get back in touch. Um, there are plenty more weird parts about Cannon Hill, but it is an incredibly odd suburb to work in and not the ideal place to have a free hour in, Rory says. Now, I, I sympathise with Rory on this because I too work in Cannon Hill. Yeah, you and Rory have a bit in common. We do. Um, I work at the uh, the radio station there and it's, um, yeah, it's a, in the kind of stretch of warehouses that I work in, um, there's just a shockingly, like we're next to the Maritime Union, Across the road is like the real estate investment council. Um, we've got like that. There's just all these other ones around. There's like an indigenous education one down the end. Oh well, that's good. Yeah, which is great. Well, that's fantastic. There, oh, then there's one just called Gay Plaza, 
Oh, that's that's which I think I've showed I you saw, before. Yeah, yeah. There, there's uh, a which is just like multiple like storage places and like it. You know, it's there's no street called Gay. They've you'd think they would have thought about this. They've really they haven't covered all the bases. But that 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 homeless installation as well, fabulous. Yeah, it's a very woke suburb. Very woke suburb. Um. Oh, and but Rory's hit the nail on the head. The Kmart is dominating in that plaza. Like it is. It's probably the biggest signage of a Kmart I've ever is seen. Is that the plaza where when you we like go to Coles or Woolies after work, you have to go to a shopping centre? That's, yeah. Because Henry, for those playing along at home, does his grocery shop in the morning, which yeah. is real weird. Well, because I start work at 10 a.m. Yeah. So I'll do the... I'll Easy do. life for some. Far yeah, out. Yeah. Roll out of bed, quarter past nine, do your groceries. Yeah, that's our guys. So have a morning stretch, cup of coffee. Run down, get the tomatoes, read the newspaper. Cruise in. Morning, guys, 10 a.m. Just got up. Real American psycho hours is um what I'm working. But the... Doesn't, doesn't he get to work famously early? But then does nothing at work. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I thought he was getting in late and then just like doing nothing. Oh, towards the end of the movie, yeah. Oh, towards the more. end of the movie, he's having a bad time. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's yeah, having, yeah. having a Oh, sorry. When I said like American Psycho, I meant in the last 15 minutes. Mm, where he's not even getting to work in at ATMs. all. He's, yeah. he's freaking out. Um, But yeah, the that one there, that's also the Hungry Jacks where I went and bought all those Yumbos from that time. Oh, uh, yep. And we talk a lot about the Yumbo, but by God, it is a, a gross sandwich. Yeah, it looks disgusting. Is it over now? I fucking hope so. I oh, think so. I think It seems really fleeting. Like they got to be honest, I think Henry, they realized they were they, like, oh, they, maybe not, mate. They played you. They played you so hard. Yeah, they got the amount of free nine dollars out of the hungry drink. No, it's the promotion. Yeah, oh, yeah, true. You, yeah, you yeah. sent it a whole stand-up show around the yeah, yumbo. Did, yeah. It's How many up. people there went and bought a yumbo and now have a more likely hungry jacks? It's like a gateway drug into yeah, literally. into further. Jacks. And then you get into a whopper junior, and then before you know it, you're getting a whopper senior. Yeah, fuck. And then whopper the third. Let me get a Whopper Junior. Who's getting a Whopper Junior? Because I, I used to get Whopper Junior. Whopper Juniors, but a Whopper's not that expensive. It's like six bucks. Mm. No, a, in a meal, it's like nine. A Whopper, a Whopper is the equivalent. Oh, you're of a doing Mac. a Whopper Junior meal. How about the Whopper? Even now that I've just said it like five times in a sentence, I'm like, Hungry Jacks. We're like, what are we calling our our, our main? The big one. The fucking fats. The Whopper. I'll say this. What if it, I'll say this? We've done a burger episode. The, the Whopper is a fabulous burger. Oh, it's so good. It's I just never. I actually got so. I just good. never want to go to late. I'm, I'm quite hungry. We didn't get any food after because we wanted to rush home and finish the episode. Yeah. I could smash a whopper right now. I could. What if I got a whopper and put a junior? Are you looking at whether we can get hungry jacks on Uber Eats? <laughs> no, I was. Uh, I was going to message Jack. Our housemate seems like the kind of guy who'd have a couple of whoppers in his cupboard. He's <laughs> not ready to go. Well, he is hungry. Like how, he is hungry, Jack. Like how diabetics, you know, have a bit of blood sugar. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Dudes he wakes up in the middle of the snack. And there's just heaps. There's like eight yumbos. But like the thing where like bacteria does not get to these burgers. You can just have them in your cupboard. <laughs> I'm going to get a Whopper nut. and put two junior Whoppers on it. Nice. And that's like, honey, I ate the kids. Oh, it's like, like an it's incest like a, porn thing. Oh, it's, like my, it's my step Whopper. <laughs> they bring out a step Whopper burger. <laughs> it's just disgusting. <laughs> They're like, it's a yumbo. <laughs> Have you ever been tempted by your step? Uh, ever wanted to, to eat a step whopper? Um, um, someone else wrote in, and it escapes me now, so apologies. But apparently, violent Soho used to hang around the Cannon Hill Plaza. Oh, a fair bit. And I don't know what they were doing there. Well, they're Hell proud fuck, Mansfield yeah. boys. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the yeah, thing about like, yeah, I feel like violent yeah, Soho now. Oh, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, they they lived in Mansfield. Like, oh, they shot their they used to get the, they used to get the bu- they got Cooper the Bumps. they got the bus. To their gig at yeah. River Stage. It's like if at you that were, point they didn't have to do that. Yeah, some of the poorest people I know get Ubers, <laughs> like when it's a necessity. I mean, the thing about Violent Soho is I read an interview where it was only the album they released in 2013, like Covered in Chrome. Yeah, where they could I then live. What was the album called? Hungry Ghost. Hungry or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how hungry? How about hungry Ghost be hungry? <laughs> I think their 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 breakdown was Hungry, hungry Jacks. Um, <laughs> No, because ghosts aren't hungry. It was only, and this also links to fast food. It was only when that album was released and was doing well that they could quit their jobs at Macca's. <laughs> like they, I've always considered that to be the benchmark of like, can you do music full time? Is you have to be you as don't successful work at McDonald's. as Violent Soho were in 2013 when fucking Hell Fuck Yeah came out. Jeez. If you're not there, you can't quit your day job. That's absolutely insane. George's dad knows the lead of Violent Soho. Mm. I don't know if it's the lead, but knows one of them. And 
I think, sent the mangroves to him. And he's like, I'll have a listen. We get to hear from them. Um, <laughs> Probably let that one through. Hence why we still work at Maccas. You worked at Maccas, so. Yeah. And now, and now you job. don't. Worst job of my life. Yeah, you hated it. And I'd rather work anywhere else in the world. We should do a whole episode about Maccas. Um, um, but yeah, moving on with Cannon yeah, Hill. Uh, really, the main thing I think about when I think about Cannon Hill is Cannon Hill Anglican College or Chack. Yeah. Interesting school. Yeah. Bit of an oddball school. Chack, I black. Chack, I, I, Chack. I lump it in with the same, uh, the Northside equivalent of Hillbrook. Yeah. Just these sort of odd smaller co-ed Anglican schools that always I feel like had very strong arts programs. Yeah, you pointed this out in the car and I agree with you. Yeah, it always felt like, I actually think there was a period in like year 11 or something where it was kind of the cool thing to be seen doing on a Friday night to be like, oh, we're going to go watch the Chack production of Animal Yeah, I, I, we had some- Oh, Chack are putting on 1984 and everyone's everyone's on a skateboard. Journey. Yeah, I feel like I had oh, some friends in like year chat. 11 or 12. In fact, you know that story we had in Paddington too about walking into that random house and people knew us? Yeah. One of the people I knew because they were a friend of someone I knew at Chack. They were Chack. There, there, there was just, yeah, as soon as it you- It just sounds like Chack, like quacky. Yeah, like yeah. Because uh, I would always get like confused between quacky and chack. Like, chacky. Yeah. Ch- which because they're arty as well. Chacky. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, chack hardy. Our house. <laughs> yeah, my house. That great. And they're all Anglicans, chack. so they can all be priests and still get married. So they're all having a good time. Dylan, a friend of ours, was the school captain. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, he didn't get in touch for this episode and we didn't no, have time to reach out. And living he, a, quite a happy, joyous life in Sydney. He's having a good Far time. Far away from Cannon Hill. Now funny, he lives in Surrey enough, Hills. when you're a successful lawyer living in Surrey Hills, uh, you don't really want to submit errands and podcast little tidbits to your mates in Brisbane still about when you were school. He's forgotten his roots. That is so true. I'm sure alone. he had plenty. <laughs> um, but yeah, good. I, I mean, good on you. Um, I wanted to talk about the trains. I mentioned that I work yeah, out Angus, there. Angus Robertson observed. Yeah, Angus Robertson um, did observe. that. And listen, the suburb is completely... Fucking just hamstrung at all times by trains. The crossing at Anglican, um, at Anglican, at the Cannon Hill, like road crossing. near Southgate Avenue there where I work, is just always closed. The boom gate is down semi-constantly. Oh, really? it, yeah, the, that train is a frequent train. I know we went on about this at Cooper. the uh, Cooper episode. Which, which do you think's worse? The Cooparoo is still a bigger thoroughfare. Like, that is the yeah, main that, that, road leading into that, one of the most populated that suburbs. That ruins most of the eastern suburbs yeah. trying to leave. I think it fucks you up even more. Because, yeah. like, and at, but at Cannon some Hill point, might be wor- worse, but lower impact. Yeah, I'd say lower impact. And also, like, by the fact that, oh, I'm going to be like two minutes later for work, but it's right at my work. So it's usually okay. okay. But um, speaking of the trains and my work, just to tie a few threads together. So, like a Seinfeld. Plot. Like a like a like a Harold to in, tie in, together in, the A and B plot of this episode improvisation. Thank you. So, um, working at the radio station of RBC, and I, I've talked about this, if not on the episode, in in other formats of media. The callers that my job at RBC is to uh, kind of vet the callers before putting them on air. And as I would like to joke, I figure out if they're crazy, and if they're not, we don't put them on air. Ha ha. But. The there's, there's there's a there is a caller whose um real name I won't use called Alfred, and Alfred calls in. Oh, you're doing the double bluff. Yeah. Um. Say you won't use his real name, then use his real name. As if you know what his real name is. Come on, it's out. Al- so Alfred, the one that's written right here. That's the real name that I've written down there. Um, by accident. Sorry. But anyway, so Alfred is like I've just deleted it live. I know what it is. Well, I don't want to say it, but just do not defame this person because I'm about to say a story about it. But the mentalist. He would go, <laughs> got him. Um, but he would call into the radio station and then he's like just this like quite like bumbling, sweet old man who would call in to have a conversation. But then turns Called out... Called Bartholomew. Yeah. So it turned out he like feels quite passionately about the issue of trains and a woman um, passed away... Um, when she drove through a boom gate and this wasn't at the Cannon Hill one, but this was somewhere in Brisbane. Um, and she drove through a line and got hit and died by the train, unfortunately. So when the train was crossing under the boom gate, and it was obviously a horrible tragedy. And Alfred, this man who would like call in every day and just have a chat, just wanted to obviously have some companionship through the radio, just calls into the weekend show and goes, 
Oh, I heard about that woman who um, was, was the train. And when you look at the trains, and I've seen where the trains are at Cannon Hill there where your station is, um, they, they're they very obvious when you're not in, meant to go on them. And the announcer's like, yeah, yeah, it is obvious when you're not meant to go. And he goes, well, let me say this on the radio. If you go onto a train line when it's very obvious the boom gate is down, then you're a retard who deserves to die. <laughs> Did he actually say? 100% says on live radio <laughs> the day after this woman has died. Yes, you're a retard who deserves to die. And obviously, everyone freaks out. And it's like looking for the dump button. It's like, oh, get, you know, trying to get this off air. And then, so and then funny. In to, Did they in, dump it? Uh, no, they didn't dump it. It wasn't dumped in time. But in, in credit to um, Spencer. Who was on air? Yeah. I, I think just very, very capably dealt with it, and was like, "That's obviously not language that we ever use to describe someone, especially in these tragic circumstances <laughs> where someone has that died so not less funny. than twenty four hours ago." Just like, just a, I mean, and obviously horrible what happened to this incredible tragedy for this poor woman and what? her family. But just, I can't tell you how quickly your brain changes pace from listening to what you think is just a nice man talking about trains sort of to hearing <laughs> what is largely considered to be a slur um, just, yeah, dropped on live radio. So, so funny. That's um, only tangentially not, related not to, to both say, trains and Cannon Hill, but it was just something remotely in Alfred's defence. But when you were telling that story, the first thing my mind went to was, why'd you drive through a boom gap? I don't know. I think the car rolled forward. Actually. I think it's got quite high. Okay. I so when I you say no, it's Alfred, a no, Alfred's wrong. I think it's. I think it's like an. I mean, I'm not to speak too much about the details of this, but I think it was like. But like he's clearly wrong in being like this was a bad judgment call. I think Alfred by getting on the phone and being like, "This person has just wandered onto a train line." It's so obvious. How do you do that? Was well across like not the right facts. Um, well, that's good to know. Uh, <laughs> final just, thing on pines. It's just a crazy thing to hear. Pines of bamboo. Yeah, I think this has been mentioned on the podcast before that Pine and Bamboo is a great uh, Chinese restaurant at uh, Cannon Hill. It used to be in Brisbane's top 10 restaurants. Um, Did it drop out? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This this is like in the 90s, I think. Oh, oh, I still okay. think it's one of the best Chinese restaurants in Brisbane. Oh, but it's like in an era As where in, Brisbane this was like have a ton of dining. This was one of the... I think it was a fancy restaurant back in, okay. back in these days. But as I think I've mentioned it that... Every Christmas Eve, my family will eat there. We'll right. we'll go to mass. Well, you know, depending on where we we stand any current year on the goings on of the Catholic Church, but we would go to yeah, Pine of Bamboo was always the the last treat, and it was a big deal. And there's a duck there that you know you have to order like forty eight hours before you get there. Um, because so they, they kill it. I don't I don't know if they I think it's dead, but they have to soak it. And, I don't know. Yeah, what they do is they dry brine it. In, uh, well, no, they, they brine it in salt because it makes the skin mm. loosen and then you can push some air in between it. So you know how they have really crispy skin? Mm. It's because air is pushed between the skin and the bird. So you sort of semi-detach the skin and then you dry it out. Ah, that sounds it, delicious. I'm talking for some duck at the moment. Love, I'd, I'd love, found I'd love a way duck on a whopper to talk a lot about food. Hungry duck. Hungry duck. Hungry. Hungry Jack should do a whopper. Hungry Jack duck. Welcome to Tuck Shop. Well, <laughs> had Hungry Jacks. Um, should we yeah. discuss a certain romantic yes. endeavor? Yes. Let's. Does, Does Cannon Hill fuck? Got to be a big old whopper no from me. Yeah, I I don't even have any analysis it's, as it's, to why. <laughs> it's it doesn't like not fuck. Like it's not like an ugly. Yeah, no, it is it's ugly. It's not like... Yeah, it's pretty ugly. I'm going to come in and say that it is ugly. But I, I what I'm trying to say is that it's not like I think it's celibate. Like, it's not this sterile, devoid of... Devoid it's of not fuck. a virgin. It might have fucked some years ago. It certainly does not fuck. Cannon now. Hill definitely fucked, like, at schoolies once. Yeah. I don't think Cannon Hill is, like, foreign to the idea of fucking, but it certainly does not these days. It's just not a particularly pleasant suburb to me. Yeah... And that's not to say I've had unpleasant times. No, there. this is my thing: is it's not unpleasant. It's just like, what what are you really sinking your teeth into? That's like, ah, that's that's Cannon Hill. Yeah, as a, as a place to work, I do find it fairly like. There's a park next door to my building, and not that I really ever go and like hang out there. And it's not like a park park, but there is there is greenery. 
despite it being there, there are more trees than it has any right to have at times. I would say, like, oh, and that's not my image of it at all. Well, and there's like a big netball center. Oh, that's where the Cannon Hill Stars are, the netball team that Wally oh, Lewis course. played for, of course. Um, so the, the, like, there's there's always a bit of activity around. Yeah, there's some touches. I also drive like I always drive past the huge netball courts there at Cannon Hill, where they are, where they where the netball courts are. And one of two things on alternating days is always happening. Fire engine demonstration with like three to four fire engines. Sure. And like, or... Because there aren't enough fires. Massive like CrossFit class. Yeah, with outside. All women. And like so many of them have their kids with them. Oh, like a mums cute. and bubs CrossFit. Well, I, yeah, That's I fun. don't know if it's mums and bubs specifically or it's these mums are doing CrossFit and they just... Because it still looks hard. I don't think this is like designed of like... Oh, yeah. And now we do baby push-ups. But well, I'm the kids are the like often feed- running around with the mum. Oh, like- so you could use the baby as like a dumbbell. Mm. And the idea being like the more you feed your baby, like, you know, oh, I've got a great healthy fat baby. He's 12 yeah. kilos. It's like, well, now you've got to use that for tricep extension. Exactly it. Or like burpees. Like you do a burpee and then you like- And they do their little burp, burp thing. What do you, you know how they bat the baby on the back? Yeah, it's not called a burpee. What are you like making your baby? You're like, yeah, I made my baby do some burpees because <laughs> it wasn't sleeping. <laughs> You're going to fucking sleep yeah, now? Yeah, exercise ties out of the body, brother. You're <laughs> fast asleep. Where, where? Oh, just go I think just go into their room and give him a like, burp. I burped you. I think, yeah, I think you burp your baby, which oh, to me just imagine disgusting. someone being like, oh, sorry, I've had a big lunch, and a baby comes out of their mouth. Exactly. That's how, that's how a dude would give birth. Oh. Cannon Hill doesn't fuck. It does not fuck. We're just talking about burping up babies. Well, it's a city on a river, and don't you ever forget it, kid. That's all we got time for on this uh, not Southside episode. Tragically, it is an East Side episode, but we will potentially have a Southside episode coming for you soon. So, write in. Uh, we got a great message the other day saying when's East Brisbane happening, and um, we want to reassure Efa Kanowski that it is sometime soon. Yeah. Where I, where I grew up, actually. Oh yeah, of course. We were talking about doing that tonight, and then we realised it'd be late. We we're like, oh, we're now we'll put a boom. Put a bit more effort into them. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's actually one I, I say as I'm like literally lying down. I mean, the episode is still going to be well over an hour. Oh, what? Yeah. How the fuck does this happen? Like, substantially. Uh, this episode, I think, will be an hour and five minutes. That's Pretty funny. Fucking stupid. Um, oh, hey, well. mate, get tickets to the felons gig for the Mangroves. Because that, it's between so- us, it, it's almost 50% sold out. Yeah. Probably, probably by the time this episode goes to air, it will be 50% sold out, which is insane because without putting a figure on it, uh, Felons is an absolutely huge venue and is close to double the size of any previous place we have played. If anyone has been to the Felons Barrel Hall, it's fucking enormous. It's a big place. So, so help us in selling it out. Um, and if you, can't, if you just can't wait till then, uh, we've got a gig tonight, uh, the bright side for the bad sex extravaganza. So if you've got nothing to do, come to that. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is we're doing our Late Lines mm-hmm. show with the Miscreants next Friday, July 2 at Good Chat Comedy. It'll be at 9.30pm. It's a late night comedy news show that is largely improvised. A lot of fun. It's very weird. It's very wonderful and wacky. So come along to that too. Um, but until then... Stay safe. Yeah. Cough and cough all over your loved ones. It's totally fine in Queensland. Yeah. We, uh, we are all good. The young and the restless up here. So uh, enjoy. Yeah.